Welcome to the Scaling Through Structure podcast. I'm your host, Austin LaRoche, and we are here to learn about the winning systems that business leaders use to find success. If you believe in the power of organization, frameworks, and scalable processes, then this is the pod for you. Let's go. All right. I am super, super excited for today's guest. Hatem Diab, managing partner and co-founder of Gerbert Kawasaki. How you doing, Hatem? I am great. Good to see you, Austin. Thank you for having me on, man. Oh my gosh! Of, of all your different media appearances, I'm so <laughs> glad you fit me in. You are the man. Uh, a little bit of a disclaimer: Hatem and I know each other in the real world, which is awesome, <laughs> and I'm excited for him to share uh, his story as well as some of the areas of his business and how he structures it. Uh, that yeah. really helps him continue to have such a, a winning organization. Yeah. But why don't we start with, you know, Hatem, like, who are you outside of, you know, managing partner, this great wealth management firm? Who are you? What makes you tick? And introduce uh, yeah. yourself to the audience. Uh, first of all, congrats on on starting this new venture. I'm I'm really excited to listen in and 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 really kind of i know you have a, you have a, a a list of awesome founders and 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 and, and leaders that you're going to be interviewing so i can't wait to listen in uh i uh you know i moved to the states when i was 18 years old i uh, i'm half tunisian half french and i moved to the states to go to college uh initially to uh, university of washington in seattle and then i couldn't take the reins so i ended up graduating from cal state la um and I uh, got into finance uh, because my degree was in finance and international business. I loved the stock market. I always loved Wall Street. I was always excited about uh, really like, you know, watching the, the Wall Street movie and, uh, you know, seeing all the all the all the 80s and, and the glitz that comes with being in finance. And uh and what happened is uh, in 2006 or so, uh, 2005, I made, met my current uh, business partner, who's Danilo, who's a Brazilian. And uh, he was in wealth management and he kind of like introduced me to the world of wealth management. He was very successful at the time and he was about my same same age as me. And, uh, and uh, I just kind of found uh found a nick for it and i you know and he's kind of it's 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 really cool because he allows you to to basically be someone who can use your brain and your mental kind of abilities for math and numbers and 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 markets but also really about people about building relationships and being able to help people get to goals and accomplish things. So, so it really kind of, uh, does two things that usually don't come together. So I was really attracted to it. Yeah. It, it's funny. I remember when I was an undergrad, I had a friend and, uh, he was, he was explaining how his uncle, like, had just like, he always knew a guy, like he had a guy for this. Like, I, I want to be one of those people when people <laughs> like, like, Oh, I know a guy who does this. I know and like, I feel like you're that person. Like you have <laughs> so many relationships. How, it sounds I mean, wild. <laughs> I have a guy. I got a guy. <laughs> so how do you structure having all of those different relationships? Um, You know, it, our business is about relationships in general. You know, we, we just, you know, we, first of all, we're lucky to be where we are, which is Santa Monica. Which I, I think of somewhat, sometimes it's the center of the universe. 
there is so many different businesses, different industry that come here. You got the entertainment business, the tech, the tech business, the uh, finance business. All, all, all together is a lot of people here, and us being being in the middle of this area, I think, and also providing good service, providing good, valuable service, being very useful to a lot of people all the time and not really asking for anything back, right? I think the reality of, 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 of I think our success as a firm, my success as a person is I'm, I'm always willing to help. I'm always willing to put myself out there. If I, if I can help in any ways, I'm, 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 I'm going to do it. Uh, and I think that comes back in, 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 in many ways. Well, um, so tell me about the growth trajectory of your company. When did you found it and how did you grow it to where it is today? Um, so my, me and my partners, we had the uh, the pleasure and the luxury of going through the financial crises, uh, mm -hmm. working for AIG, which is which was basically the eye of the storm. Uh, so basically, we've seen the world kind of crumble around us uh, then. And that really kind of really drove us to start Gerber Kawasaki, um, Ross, Danilo, myself, Matt. Uh, we we just we just knew we could do it better. You know, we saw that the financial industry was just fretted with conflicts of interest and misaligned, um, you know, perceptions and incentives and so forth. Right. So we we kind of saw what you're not supposed to do. And that really drove the the idea for Gerber Kawasaki, which was started in 2010. And really the whole premise at the time was like, listen, let's align our interests with our clients' interests. So the incentives will be uh, aligned so we don't have any issues there. And then really let's go back to 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 investing assets, investing money, being a being a wealth management, but also an investment management firm, and investing in things that people are excited about, like clean energy, innovation, technology, right? Um, and I think those two things together uh, at the right time really kind of struck uh, the right chord and and really helped us to 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 grow to the firm that we are today. Yeah, there's something to be said about uh, emulating behaviors you don't want to have. Right? Yeah. I feel like when you're around somebody, you're like, wow, that person's a jerk. I sometimes sound like that. <laughs> now that I see it like that, I'm not going to talk like that. Uh, 100%. <laughs> so being able to do that with a business yeah. is, is really cool. It, um, it's funny. It's even more than that. Like it, it, we People that we thought were very, very smart you know, when when that financial crisis happened, we realized it was just all smoke screens. It was just bullshit. Yeah, can I say bullshit here? I can say bullshit. Definitely say bullshit as many times <laughs> <Okay>. as you want. <laughs> uh, so I think really that those are the lessons that really kind of stayed with us. It's like, hey, listen, these guys actually pretend like they know what they're doing, but they're really not. So so really allowed us to get the 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 strength to like, hey, we actually can do this and we can do it better. Uh, so that's that was, I think, probably one of the biggest lessons for me. Okay. So I talked to a lot of different, um, you know, uh, C-suites and founders. And, you know, I feel like people a lot of times will talk about, well, you know, I've, I've worked with my business partner. We do this or that. You've got more than one business partner. How do you kind of structure your leadership team and and balance all the fun different personalities that I'm sure come with it? Well, listen, like, like any relationships, right? You got to work at it, right? Um, 
Uh, one of our partners said it all the time, like if if I if I wanted to get a bunch of yes people around me, you know, I uh, I can't even say that here. Uh, uh, but uh, uh, you know, the, the reality is we check each other. You know, I think I think uh, there is trust and respect at the at the at the kind of the initial layer. And then after that, we disagree on things. You know, we don't disagree on the big things. Like we all have, you know, the same. Um, kind of big ideas, the same values, uh, which is really kind of the most important thing, I think. And then after that, we we disagree on the, you know, the processes and the things. And sometimes I win, sometimes I lose, you know, and, and I think that's kind of part of it. Uh, we try not to take it home, right? If 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 I if I lose today, you know, I try to move on and 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 make it, uh, you know, uh, maybe a, a learning experience for me. Uh, and then I'll come back tomorrow with maybe a better idea. So I think really the kind of having that open dialogue and open uh, forum for us to really uh, discuss and the different things can, can, can be very, very positive. Yeah. It's like you share the vision, you share the values, how you fulfill the vision and, and get there. That's yeah. where you get to kind of um, do a lot of, let's say conflict resolution. Uh, yeah. When you get the perfect answer, right? A hundred percent. And uh, you know, listen, I think, that also extends to not just partners. I think some of our biggest ideas or some of our biggest successes came from uh, newer or younger employees in the firm. I think creating a, a culture or a, uh, or, or a, uh, an entity where everyone can has an input uh, has really benefited us quite a bit. You know, I can think of like you know when um, when Facebook just came out. 20 dating myself right uh 20 2010 20 uh i think it, i think it uh, rolled out to universities in like 2004 and by like 2010 became like the right it became a thing right right so we're financial services right like nothing happens fast in financial services right <laughs> we uh, what so, some of the younger yeah younger employees back then like hey listen you got to get on facebook you got to start doing things you got to start doing some some content there you know and that really helped us get get beyond your traditional financial media financial so so really kind of opening our eyes to what's around us and listening to younger uh, people really kind of helped us also uh, do things that just other people don't do, you know? Yeah. So does that mean that we can find you on TikTok now? You cannot find me on TikTok <laughs> because it's Chinese owned, but Gerba Kawasaki has a TikTok account. And I think actually one of our, who used to be one of our, our interns and now is heads our marketing department has a, a very very robust TikTok following. So you can find me on TikTok, uh, and I think it's pretty awesome. And you know what's interesting is I talk to a lot of different companies about social media, and everybody you know they, they hear like a success story and they're like, "Hey, can you just emulate this for me?" And I think that you you guys use social media in a really great way. And it's become a really big driver of your business. Can mm -hmm. you talk a little bit on, on how social media has been able to help you guys uh, get a lot of attention in the industry and to be yeah. able to grow where you are today? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, I think it's two, two ways. One is you got to talk to your clients. Our clients are people, right? You got to talk to them where they are, 
right? And all of us are in social media somehow, some more than others and some at different places and so forth, right? So for us, it's really to kind of get our message no matter what our clients are, right? And then two is being authentic. I think, I think, I think really staying true to who we are, uh, you know, yeah, we are a, a very, very successful business. We're very, you know, buttoned up and experts in many, many things. But at the end of the day, we're people, right? And people want to work with people and want to see see what we do, our vacations and things that we do. So we really try to share our lives and that we are real people just like them. And I think that really resonates with, with a ton of people because if you look at most financial media, financial stuff is very stale, very regimented, and this really doesn't 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 make a lot a lot of sense because I think this in this new world or the lately the, this kind of social commerce, people want to make people want to do business with people that they kind of see, like they kind of understand and and see who they are and and really understand who they are. Okay. So talk to me. I don't want you to spill any trade secrets, but <laughs> if I'm if I'm one of your, you know, somebody in your target market and I sit down with you, how do you structure that engagement? And then how do you help that person, you know, create the the, the right path for them? Do you start with like a general framework? Is it yeah. kind of a custom solution for each person? Yeah. So we have like it starts with something called a discovery meeting. So it's basically it's it's a first date. You, we get to know each other, right? So uh, really about asking as many questions, right? We don't, Gerber Kasaki doesn't sell anything. We're in the business of service, servicing our clients by providing financial planning, right? So the idea is really to understand our clients, understand their goals, their aspiration, how they feel about money, what they want to get to. And that's different for a lot of people, right? So we have a process whereby we ask a lot of questions, get clients to talk to us, a lot of open-ended questions. So we can really get deeper into what clients want, need, and how they feel with how they feel towards money, what's what what takes them. And then based on that, we go back and kind of create a plan that is customized to each client based on those needs. Gotcha. Yeah, it's kind of having like a general base understanding and then mm -hmm. that service mind of listen, analyze, and then be able to create that plan that somebody that will make the customer go, oh, good, they were listening to me. Yeah, they, nobody they, wants to get sold things, right? Like, and then people know when they're, when they're getting sold things, right? So I, th I think what we, what we provide, right, is pretty much everyone needs our service. It just depending on how extensive and how complex things are or can be. Our job is to make sure that we understand the level of complexity or the level of need and just really distill those things. Uh, a lot of people also have, uh, are kind of afraid of money, right? Like, you know, they eat, you know, it, it's, a, it's very emotional, uh, you know, maybe some suc very successful people don't know very simple concepts sometimes, right? So our job is really to kind of distill and and and, and analyze a lot of these things and make them more palpable, make them simpler to understand. And uh, and if we do that very well, we we can build really really long term relationships. So speaking of relationships, I feel like uh, everybody wants to be really good in their relationships, right? Whether it's with you know. Uh, you know, a life partner or a <laughs> child or yeah, you know, a client. What what are some tips people could use to be able to have, let's call it more proactive relationships? Because I do feel like the more proactive you are in a relationship, the more mm -hmm. that you're giving to that relationship, which in turn, you know, 
builds a bond in the relationship. Honestly, less listening is really the most important thing, right? Um, I cannot be proactive if I don't know what you want, right? Um, oftentimes, unfortunately, people listen, but they're but they're thinking about what they're gonna say, right? They're not really fully listening. They're just listening for what they're gonna say. What we try to do is try to teach our 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 our. our advisors, employees, really like really listen to listen and, and, and see where the conversation goes, right? That works in my relationship at home too, right? If I don't listen to my wife, she knows it. And, you know, she's like, you're not listening to me right now, you know? Uh, so I think that's one thing too, is not being selfish, right? Like, you know, and, and by, by saying not being selfish is always kind of putting yourself in the other person's shoes, right? If I was in that person's shoes, could be my wife, could be my client, my friend, my employee, my partner, like how would I perceive that comment? How is that, how is that comment going to make me feel, right? I think that's really important to, to, to do that oftentimes. And, you know, we can't do it all the time, but, but if, if you're aware and, 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 and really, really be present for that, you can, you can, I think you can become a much, much better communicator. Okay. Um, so something I'm always interested in is, is like, you know, looking back, right. When we all start companies, we have the best ideas, yeah. we try and use the best tools. And then at some point we grow and we look back and we go, oh my gosh, how do we ever get by with those? So think about like where you are today versus when you guys started the business, what are some tools that you've kind of evolved into or really been able to uh, use to help uh, either grow or maintain great relationships with, with all of your clients, uh, particularly your tech staff. What uh, what technology? Oh, do you to, well, uh, first of all, we are talking in the studio that we have that we built in Santa Monica uh, inside the office. So you know, I don't think I don't I don't know of many many um, investment firms that have media studios where we can shoot content, we can do interviews. We have. Alex here, who's basically this video maven that's really helps us kind of all look good and sound good and so forth, you know, and he's, he's, a, he's a lovely person to be with and he comes from the entertainment business, right? So I think kind of melding different, different, different industries is, is really awesome. Uh, we, we've embraced software a long time ago, right? We're not a tech company, but we have a ton of ways to really manage our properties our 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 uh tech you know communication uh we have a, a team of four or five people who help us manage all those things from CRM to uh ways to contact our clients to tools to manage a lot of accounts electronically to uh we built we had to build a lot of things in-house to kind of do it the way that we wanted to do it. And, uh, you know, some of which, some of which, uh, we failed miserably, <laughs> uh, like our Gerber Kawasaki app, uh, that is still working on. And, uh, uh, and some of which internally that have worked out really, really well. So it's just, uh, just, I think for us, we just would never, we were never, we, we knew that we needed to scale by using technology. So we never were afraid of, of doing it and trying things and spending money. 
Um, and thankfully being in LA and working with a lot of people in technology, we, we saw, we, we, we have access to a lot of resources. So. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's cool. You're like the cool hip Hollywood, uh, wealth management company with your own studio and <laughs> uh, real, real producers. Like that's, uh, that, that's awesome. So, yeah. My, so my partner Ross thinks he's an influencer. So. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Um, <laughs> so uh tell me the difference when it comes to technology of when are you deciding to to build versus customize you, you said crm you guys are your salesforce house right yeah yeah so where where do you try and build and integrate within uh salesforce versus just you know what we have this specific thing that we need we need to build it as a standalone and you know and this is what's going to solve our problems how do you kind of figure out that whole process you know Everyone uses Salesforce. It is actually something called Salesforce Financial Cloud that is designed for financial services firm, but it wasn't really customized. It was not didn't have enough customization for us. So we had to go out there, found some, we found some Salesforce uh, customizers, whatever they call them, and and really we had to spend some 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 dough. We had to spend some money to really be able to make it the way that we really wanted to. And it took a it took a year. Like it's not, you know, it's not something that you do overnight. Like these things are very complex. And then we had to get buy-in internally for people to start using them, right? So so the tools have to be, you know, good where the efficiencies that they provide are meaningful enough for people to change the way that they do things, right? Uh, so I think that's really the idea is like how much how much better is this going to be than what you're doing right now? And can we really communicate that very well? And I think that really what drove a lot of the software, there's some, some stuff that a lot of other um, companies that use uh, that we tried it and I'm like, actually it's just making my life harder. I just have to use a system just to add stuff, but it doesn't, the output doesn't really justify the, the, the work. So just really uh, does it, does that make my life better, more efficient, and help me scale? Those are the things that we really look at. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I love what you said about adoption, right? It, it's the hardest part. It's, you know, it, even if the tools do work perfectly, so many times people don't want to utilize the, them, you know, especially salespeople. What do they want to do? They want to talk, 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 talk. Yeah. They don't want to put anything in the, uh, a CRM. Uh, I've noticed that, uh, you know, there's a lot of tools out there make it easy to just talk into your CRM uh, from your phone. So you can, you can get those notes from the yeah. sales guy one or another, right? right. Um, uh, that That's cool. Um, so can we talk a little bit about like just the, the market and what's going on here? I mean, this is early 2024. Can, uh, can, I, get a, can I get a broad outlook? <laughs> you for the year can, can we kind of yeah i'd love that I mean, that's that's what we do uh, well, i just want to know what you're allowed to talk about public <laughs> we can yeah door. we can say whatever we want <laughs> All um, right, no i mean we're listen i think the we're coming off a very very strong year uh the smp was up what, 22 23 percent last year very very strong showing the nasdaq almost 40 percent uh, NASDAQ is mostly tech companies, which is what we invest in mostly. So it's kind of, it's been a really, really good year for us, but it's been a good year, especially because markets were about expectations. 
Last year in January, everyone expected the economy to go into recession, things to be really tough and so forth. And that just really hasn't materialized. You know, things did not turn out as bad as 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 things expected them. So, so that really helped, you know, push some positive, you know, the economy is actually strong, earnings are strong. So there's a lot of positive momentum that people did not expect. Um, and that's going to probably carry into next year, right? Or this year, 2024. Um, we have an election. Um, obviously, there's elections all over the world, actually. So uh, we don't want to get political here, but, uh, you know, it's it's elections in general. <laughs> you want to say something? <laughs> it's a factor. I mean, people talk about it. It's yeah. the number one, you know, it is the number one issue uh, for people who are, who are voting. I don't think that's uh, political to say, but I mean... It is the big. Uh, it's know. the number one questions we get. Like you know, how is that going to impact my money? Right. Yeah. Um. I think I, I. An example is when Trump got elected the first time. Overnight, the uh, futures were down six percent in one night. It was huge, right? And then the market ended up positive that day, right? So, uh, I think. The misconception is Republicans are better for the markets than, than Democrats because they are more pro-business. But if you look at the last hundred years, it doesn't matter who's president, right? But what happens during election years, volatility just goes up, right? You got just a lot more up and down movement, right? So just kind of brace yourself. Uh, you know, and, 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 and we, you know, we, what we try to do is we try to take the emotions out of it. We try to kind of teach clients to, to think long-term, to invest in, and, in, you know, you never bet against America. You invest in good companies. 50% uh, of all profits are done by seven companies, Microsoft, Google, NVIDIA, you know, Tesla. So you just got to own these companies um, and, and, and really kind of, you know, just, mute this this the noise basically okay i i love that you touched on volatility because i know you guys really specialize in technology how do you balance the risk with the volatility of the different of different tech companies how what what makes for a uh, a safer uh bet uh in, in tech uh versus maybe one that's a little bit bit riskier why well, you know it's 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 that's a really good question it's really tough to answer it because Everything is good until it's not. So in other <laughs> words, you know, Apple is good. Microsoft is good. You know, these are very, very big companies, well diversified, print money, literally. But, you know, the minute things kind of go 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 haywire or go sideways, everything gets sold, sold off, right? That's what the misconception with markets is. Nothing is safe when things are tough, Right. Uh, NVIDIA, which is one of the best companies right now, was down, you know, I think 70 or 80% in 2022, right? Uh, so so uh, very, very good company, very, very good businesses can be down. The market is 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 a, is really a, a mechanism to weigh how people feel about something that day, right? If I am negative, if I'm thinking that the banking system is going to go under, or I'm thinking that, you know, there is a massive recession going to happen, people are going to sell a lot of stuff. And oftentimes they sell the good stuff first because there is more liquidity there. So so I think that's that's really a, a misconception. So, what do you, what, so I think... To, a better way to answer your question is you got to diversify, right? You, you don't want to be the guy that when everyone else is selling stuff, you also have to sell stuff. 
You want to be the guy that has some cash or guy or girl for that matter, who has some cash so you can take advantage of, of the of, of the risk because nobody knows when things are going to go under. You know, we can have maybe a geopolitical conflict or, or some stuff that can really send everything in, in, in a tailspin. So you just want to be in a position where you don't you don't have to sell when everyone else is freaking out. Yeah, it's funny you say that. I, I remember uh, at the beginning of the uh, Russia-Ukraine conflict. Uh, there was a time we were speaking, and there was, uh, you know, that conflict was going on. There was a massive crypto crash. Right. There was like three or four other things going on, and I, right. I, I put your hands up and be like, "There's like no galaxy of hope." Uh, and I, I remember, I remember the phrase like "galaxy of hope." Like that's a, that's a big phrase, and uh, awesome to hear you. You know, I think it's about two years later. You know, it sounds like uh, things are uh, kind of stabilized and. You know, it always works out, man. It's it's kind of it's it's weird. It always works out. Like there is this amazing chart that we show our clients. You look at the last hundred years, and the chart has everything that happened the last hundred years. You know, from the World War II to the missile crisis to assassination of you know of of, of Kennedy to like the 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 seventies when we had the massive inflation to like you know there is so much shit. Like shit, that really happened. And yet, you know, markets seem, seem to kind of, you know, do well over that time. So the idea here is really to, to kind of, kind of keep thinking long-term and really dollar cost averaging, which means just investing no matter what's happening, you know? Okay. All right. Well, I want to, I want to get back a little bit into structure. I loved hearing a little yeah. bit of inside baseball of where you're at and kind of what you, what your outlook is this year. Um, so obviously you said before, you've got your, your wife, uh, you've got your company, uh, and how do you, how do you structure everything? Are you one of those people who, you know, wake up at the exact same time every day, do the, you know, the same meditate, talk, talk, walk me through your routine, uh, as much as you have one. I'm best between like 5am and noon. I'm an early person kind of guy. I like to work, I like to wake up. I like to work out very early. Meditate. Uh, markets open at six thirty a.m. in the in the West Coast, right? So, so you kind of like want to. You don't want to show up like half halfway into the game, right? So you want to kind of wake up, see what's going on, look at the news, see what's happening. So for me, waking up early, kind of having that moment for myself to really see what's going on, have my coffee. Uh, is is really key, right? That just really sets me right for the day. Um, and then after that, you know, I'm usually in the office. There's a ton of meetings, a lot of stuff going on. Maybe trading, maybe talking to clients, maybe talking to, uh, um, you know, marketing or things like that around the office. Uh, the good thing, the the one thing I love about my business or about my my job is I'm doing different things every day, right? It's not, I'm not showing up and basically, you know, doing the same thing over and over. Uh, I think, I think the, the fluidity of the financial markets, how things change is, is, is really nice because it allows us to really kind of try to, to try to understand what's happening, make sense of it and so forth. And then obviously having these relationships with our clients is really key because, People are always doing things, right? People are buying homes, selling businesses, buying businesses. 
um, you know, we become like, you know, we become an integral part of a lot of people's lives, right? So when they making these big, big, big transactions, oftentimes we're like the first people that they need to talk to, or maybe the second or third people they need to talk to, and we have to show up, you know? So I think, and, and, and also once, once we help them, it's so rewarding to be able to do that. It's, it's, uh, it's kind of makes the, the job uh, really amazing, you know? That's cool. So uh, given how different every day is, do you have to kind of like keep a block of time like open every day? I mean, I know sometimes I find myself in back to back to backs. I, it doesn't sound like in your business you can even afford to be in back to back to back. Something's yeah. going to happen. Someone's going to need you to pick up a phone, right? Yeah. Listen, it, and listen, money never sleeps, right? Uh, you, we could literally work all the time, all, all the time if you need to, you know, I think different life of your career, you work, you work different times. Um, I, I, I try to keep very, very, um, control of my calendar. You know, I, I schedule my lunches and keep times for trading or for different things and so forth. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're very, we're, you know, I, I have to, I have to really control like I'm, I'm, I need, I need to know what I'm doing. I need to like, I'm not someone who's just like, oh, fuck it today. I'm going to do this or that. You know, I have to be really, really regimented on, on, on what I'm going to do. So are you, are you very, does that exist in your calendar? Do you have like, you know, uh, every little hour of the day somehow, uh, pretty much, pretty you know, much. <laughs> no, it's, it's the way to do it. I, I, I do that with personal stuff. It, everybody sees it in my, my company. It's like, Oh wait, 4 PM on Monday. He FaceTimes with his parents. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't tell my parents that, but yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. That's really cool. Well, one uh, one thing I always like to kind of uh, understand with our, our guests or talk through with our guests is, you know, very regimented life. It sounds like sounds like, you know, you've you've got it together. Uh, you, you're able to balance both the proactive and reactive nature of your business. Is there anywhere in your life where maybe things aren't as structured as you wish they were, where things are either a little bit more inconsistent or perhaps even chaotic? Yeah, the weekends, the weekends can definitely get, they're not structured. You know, the weekends are, are for fun, for hanging out with friends, for going out drinking or birthday parties, whatever is going on. I, I do a lot of traveling too with my wife and friends. So it's, you know, so I, I'm definitely, I mean, I think you got like game time, which is Monday through Friday. Right. And then you got play time, which is the weekend or vacation time. Uh, but I try to really kind of keep that open. You know, uh, I also, I get to go out to dinners a lot. You get invited to many things. Uh, so that's always fun. You know, I don't really look at it as work oftentimes, uh, so that's always fun too. Uh, but I think just like during the day, you know, just one business hours basically is, is really a thing. But other than that, I'm, I'm a fun guy. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> I think that's a good point too, because I know like in our business world, we try to be super, super structured and I'll sometimes try and bring it a little bit too much into like the personal life and I'll get the pushback of, Hey, can we, uh, can we just like have a day of like no plans? Yeah. Like, sometimes that's harder for me. Uh, yeah. But I think anytime I lean into it, it's uh, it, it, it's wonderful. You know, it, it, as much as we want to, you know, pack each day with all of the things, 
there's a spontaneity that is hundred percent. I was going to say this exact same word, right? Like it's, it's important to keep that literal vibrancy and just like, you know, do, do things like that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, Tim, thank you so much for coming on today. This was a lot of fun. I, hey. uh, you guys are doing amazing things over there and it was great to kind of learn a little bit more about how you do it. And, uh, a little bit of the outlook here uh, for, for 2024. Thank you for having, having me on, Austin. And uh, yeah, man, good luck with this new venture. I'm excited for you. Awesome. Thanks so much, buddy. Cheers, man. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Scaling Through Structure podcast. This pod was produced by Sabrina. If you liked what you heard, do us a favor and subscribe or leave a five-star review on the platform of your choice. If you want to be a guest and share with the world your winning system, head over to podcast.atakinteractive.com slash guest and fill out your information accordingly. To connect, send me an invite at www.linkedin.com slash IN slash Austin LaRoche. That's A-U-S-T-I-N-L-A-R-O-C-H-E. We appreciate each and every one of our listeners, and especially you. Until next time, I'm Austin LaRoche, and we will see you soon.